Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the Pool Guy Show. Today I'm going to be talking about common mistakes you can make while servicing your pool. And this podcast will be for the homeowner as well as the pool service professional. I'm going to cover things that will apply to both. This week's podcast is brought to you by InYourPools.com. InYourPools has been helping pool owners find the right pool parts since 2001. With over 50,000 pool parts in stock, order online today and have the parts delivered right to your door. The podcast is also brought to you by Riptide Pool Vacuum System. Riptide is a powerful vacuum system that gets large debris off the bottom of the pool rapidly. So if you do service or if you're a homeowner with a pool with large debris on the bottom, the Riptide would be a perfect tool to have. You can learn more about the Riptide at www.riptidevac.com. I've done a series of podcasts where I cover different mistakes and errors and fails. That way you can avoid doing these things. And I think the best way to learn um, anything is from... Um, learning the mistakes that others make, and this will make you a lot better and more aware of the things that could go wrong. And today I'm going to cover basically everything that you could probably do wrong um, while servicing your pool, and at the same time I'm going to give you some clear-cut tips on how to do it correctly. So the first thing that you want to have is a set routine. So whether you do service and do a pool route with 70 or 80 pools, or you're a homeowner, which is your pool, you want to make sure that you have a set routine when you go out to the backyard to clean your pool. And having the routine helps you not to forget to do something while you're out there. And it's very important to do the same thing week to week in the same order, and that way nothing is forgotten. You run into a problem when you change your routine. And uh, for me, if I'm out there working and I get a phone call or, or if I have to go back to my truck to get something, Chances are when I get back, I'm going to be out of my routine, and I'm going to um, maybe make a mistake, potentially. So the first thing I do when I get to a pool is I assess the pool. I look at the water quality to see if it's cloudy, if there's any algae. If anything odd is happening, I'll notice that right away. So that's the first step. And I like to have the pool running when I'm servicing the pool. So on my route, I'll set the pools to come on. Um, somewhere around the same time that I'm there, sometimes they're running before I get there, sometimes I turn them on, um, and they're pretty close to, to their turn-on time anyway at that point. And it's important to have the pool running for a number of reasons. The first reason is you'll be able to notice any kind of problems by the equipment, any kind of water leaks, or if the pump is actually turning on, if there's something wrong. Without turning on the pool, there's no way to know if there's something wrong or not, usually, unless you flip on the pool and find that out. So. I like to have the pool running when I'm servicing the account. So if you do your own pool in your backyard, and let's say you do it Saturday mornings, and you, you start, you do your pool at 9 in the morning, well, you want the pool to come on at 8 in the morning and have it running. That way you don't have to worry about um, checking things. Everything will be running at that point, and if there's a leak, you'll see it right away. And having the pool running is a key factor when you service the pool. Also, when you have it running, when you're skimming the pool, uh, so the debris in the skimmer will not come back out into the pool and make it dirty again. So if you ever skim a pool that's off, you notice that when you get to the skimmer, um, there's a weir gate there, but 
with you skimming, you'll disturb that weir gate. It'll move slightly, and the debris will leak out of the skimmer back into the pool. So, again, the first thing I do is I look at the pool and assess it. Then, if it's not running, or if it is running, I'll go through the equipment and assess the equipment and make sure everything is fine. And then I will check the chemicals. And depending on what you, how you do your route or how you do your home service, there's a variety of different test kits you can do. I like to use the test strips once a month to get a ballpark of my service accounts. So it's a good idea to have uh, test strips on hand. The AquaCheck 7-Way test strips or the uh, Lamont test strips are really good. And then you have your test kit. You know, you can have the Taylor K2005 if you're a homeowner, K2006 if you do service, and the ColorCube uh, Pro 7 is also a great test kit. So however you test the water, go ahead and do the readings in your pool to see uh, chemistry of the pools at. And then you want to, um, I like to add the chemicals right there after I do the test, that way I don't forget. If I don't add the chemicals after I do the test, chances are I'm going to be servicing the pool and then I'm going to forget to add chemicals. And when I go back to the next week, uh, the pool is going to be a total disaster. And I just recently did this, uh, I took the 4th of July off. So I was stacking my pools and I was kind of out of my routine right there doing extra pools before the 4th of July. And one account in particular, I'm not sure what happened. I got interrupted while I was servicing it and I forgot to put chemicals in there. So when I got there the week after the 4th of July, it didn't look too good. So it's important to keep that routine. So I check the chemical chem chemistry of the pool and then I'll add the appropriate chemicals. And I get asked often, how do I know what to add to the pool? And the best thing I can tell you, there's several online um, apps you can use on your phone. There's several online um, websites that will tell you how much chemical to add. If, for instance, you check your pH and it's at 8.0, the, these sites will tell you how much muriatic acid to add. If you have a Taylor test kit, there's a little booklet in there, and it'll also tell you how much to add. If you have a basic five-way test kit, there's a chart on the back of it also. But... These online sites are actually pretty accurate. The one that I like the best is called uh, poolcalculator.com, and that one is the best site, I think, because it takes in all different factors, including borax, and um, it also takes in the factor of using different kind of sanitizers like bleach or chlorine or dichlor or calhypo, and it'll tell you how much to add to your pool. If your chlorine level is at 1.0 and you want to get to 3.0, it will enter the amount of gallons you have in your pool, and then it will give you the calculation of how much chlorine to add, or how much acid to add to lower the pH, or how much base to add to raise your alkalinity or your pH. So these online sites are good. They also have apps on your phone. There's also several of those, and this is a great way to know how much chemicals to add uh, week to week. And there are a few shortcuts in the industry. There's some rule of thumbs. Um, for me, when I'm working my route in the summertime, I don't really take the time to measure or calculate how much chlorine to add to the pool. If I get to an account and there's no chlorine in there and there's 20,000 gallons, I know I'm going to add at least one gallon of chlorine to that pool to get the chlorine back up. And as you do this for a living, you'll kind of know how much chlorine to add to each service account. And you'll know your own pool if you're a homeowner doing your pool. You'll kind of know how much chlorine to add to your pool to get it to a certain level. And uh, same with the other things, the base and the acid. If you do this for a long time, you kind of have a rule of thumb, you kind of know what to add to each service account, and you won't be using the online calculators as often as you're doing this. And I personally, in the summertime, I don't do exact measurements, so 
if the if the pool has zero chlorine, I'm not going to be measuring, you know, to put half a gallon in there. I'll just dump the whole gallon in. It really doesn't cost too much, and raising the chlorine up above 3.0 is not a major thing, especially in the summer when it's hot, and right now it's over 100 degrees for the whole week here, and it's going to burn off pretty quickly anyway. So don't get overly um, bogged down by getting the exact chemistry level. You just want to bring your chemistry levels up or down, and the pH and alkalinity are a little more delicate, so definitely refer to an online calculator see how much acid to add to lower the pH and how much alkaline, how much base to add. But as far as chlorine, don't kill yourself trying to get the exact amount. Just get something close to it and you'll be more familiar with it as you're doing this more often. Okay, so once I add the chemicals, um, I will clean the pool. I'll go ahead and skim it and then I will assess whether it needs to be vacuumed or not. A lot of my pools have automatic cleaners, so um, that's a great way to save time on your pools to have a cleaner installed. And then after I clean the pool, vacuum it, and brush it, I take one more look at it, make sure everything's working. I stop by the equipment one more time to make sure there's no leaks and everything is running good. And I also make sure that I have the timer set right. If it's an automated system and I get there and I put in a timeout mode, I want to make sure that it's set right. Sometimes um, this will happen depending on um, which system, but most of them have the auto timeout service and timeout button on there. And chances are, if you've done this long enough, you're going to put it in service mode and accident, which means the pool will be running 24-7 all week long. So I always make sure that if I do start the system, that I have the timeout button pushed and it's not set in service mode. So just make one last check of the equipment to make sure everything is good. And of course, while you're checking the equipment, you want to empty the pump basket if, it's, if necessary. And when you go to clean the pool, you always empty the skimmer basket. So that goes without saying, but I'll mention that too. Always empty the skimmer basket even if you don't vacuum to make sure that's empty and the pool is flowing well. And the pump basket, I vacuum with a canister so I usually don't have a problem. And if you notice that your pump's getting a lot of little debris in there and it's getting full even with the skimmer basket in there, you may want to get a filter saver or filter sock and insert this into the skimmer basket. This will prevent any small particle debris from passing through the skimmer into the pump. So chances are if you have a skimmer sock or if you vacuum with a canister that the pump basket is going to stay fairly clean and you won't be opening up the pump basket all the time to clean it out. Now if you do open up the pump basket, uh, make sure that you fill the um, wet end or the uh, pump pot up with some water and put the lid back on, otherwise it sometimes it doesn't prime up correctly. And that's a common mistake homeowners will make or new service technicians, they'll take the pump lid out off not filled with water and it's not going to prime up and you may even some people may even leave the account or homeowners will leave their pool and think it's going to start up and it doesn't and that'll burn out the pump. So that's a critical factor too that you want to fill the pump basket area back up with water before you turn everything back on. So let me cover some mistakes you're going to make using maybe the wrong chemicals in your pool or if you have a different surface type some of the things you can do to damage that and how to avoid doing that. So one of the chemicals that I think, um, I haven't done a video on it. The only video I filmed with this is the black algae cleanup video. And one reason why I shy away from filming this product is because it's very dangerous to use on your pool. And this is the trichlorogranular. Um, Hasa makes one called the algae ban. And uh, Pool Season also has their own version of it. But it's basically the 3-inch trichlor tablet um, in granular form. 
and this is the strongest form of chlorine there is. The problem with it is, if you don't use it correctly, you can stain the pool surface uh, fairly easily. So, I know a lot of guys will use trichlor to clean up the pool with uh, mustard algae or black algae. I use it myself, but if you overuse it or if you let it pile up on your pool, even a white plaster pool, it'll burn the plaster and leave a brown or yellow stain that's permanent on the plaster until you drain and acid wash the pool basically to get it off. So trichlor is a chemical that is good. It does have the benefits if you know how to use it correctly. And I do use it on my route. I use it for black algae and I do use it for mustard algae on occasion but I'm extremely careful with it. I don't overuse it and just note that if you're going to use trichlor granular um, it's, there's some risk factors attached to that and you can stain the plaster you have a vinyl pool or fiberglass pool, you definitely don't want to use trichlor in those pools. If you have a colored plaster pool, the same, you don't want to use trichlor in there because that will stain the liner and stain the fiberglass. And if you have a pebble tech pool, the trichlor can also potentially stain the pebble tech. But pebble tech is pretty durable so and indestructible, so the trichlor usually doesn't stain it, but I would use it sparingly in a pebble tech pool also. So if you do use the trichlor for black algae or for the mustard algae, you want to make sure you sprinkle it evenly in the pool. And you'll notice that it tends to pile up in the corners of the pool. So if you if you see it on the corners of the slope of the pool, when the pool is starting to, from the wall to the bottom of the pool, there's like a slope. And if you see a pile of the trichlor anywhere on there, just go and get your pool brush and brush that pile up and get it out of that corner or that area of the pool. That way it won't stain it. So as long as you broadcast it evenly across the pool, don't let it pile up, don't overuse it, don't put too much in the pool, you shouldn't have any problem with the trichlor, but it's a very dangerous chemical to use. You definitely don't want to put it in the skimmer, and you want to be very careful if you do, if you do decide to use the trichlor granular in your pool. And with that, the trichlor tablets can also be dangerous to use in your pool. If you have a vinyl pool, I definitely would not recommend putting a floater with a tablet in there. If that were to fall out, it would definitely stain the vinyl liner. And if it falls out of the floater in a plaster pool, it will definitely stain the plaster. You're going to see a circular, circular mark, dark brown, sometimes black, with the trichlor tablet sitting on the bottom of the pool. That will burn it. So if you do use a floater, make sure it's a new floater. I always check the floaters on my pool route to make sure that they're intact and there's not going to be a problem. You want to make sure the lid any, any kind of floater is securely on, that way it doesn't spill out if someone uses the pool. If you have a fiberglass pool, you pretty much void your warranty if you use trichlor tablets in the fiberglass pool. So avoid using those in a fiberglass and vinyl pool. So the trichlor tablets can be dangerous also, they can stain the plaster pretty easily. So you want to make sure that if you're going to use them, that you use them carefully also. And then we'll move over to the acids. I notice that um, some people use the dry acid. I don't use that at all on my pool route. One reason I don't use it is because I've seen stains from the dry acid being used in pools, and I prefer not to use it for that reason. And I don't have time to put it in a bucket and mix it and let it dissolve in there before I dump it in the pool usually. So dry acid, the drawback is if you pour it directly in the pool, um, in a plaster pool even, you could stain the bottom of the pool. And if you pour it into a fiberglass or vinyl pool, you can definitely stain the liner with the dry acid. So I don't recommend using the dry acid 
and I prefer liquid acid. The muriatic acid is safe for all pool surface types, and I think it's stronger and it's much easier to use than the dry acid. However, there, there are fumes associated with this. When you pour the muriatic acid, be very careful that you don't breathe in these fumes. On a foggy morning, you can definitely see the fumes coming up from the water. And I pour the acid in the pool while it's running, and I usually pour it in the deepest part of the pool, depending on if the pool has a deep end or not. And you don't want to pour the acid in the pool when there's pets around, or certainly when there's customers standing around, and definitely don't want to do it in that case. If I get to a service account and it's being used by um, customers, and they, they get out of the pool but they're still hanging around the deck area, if the pool does ca call for me to lower the pH down, I will skip it that week and not put the acid in the pool just because of the fumes. I don't want anyone to, to react to the fumes. And if you do commercial accounts, this is critical also. Um, one of the things is that you have to have the pH in range in the commercial account. So you're going to have to ask anyone around the pool to move out of the area while you pour the acid in. But for a residential pool, you don't need to put it in. You can put it in the following week. It's not going to move the needle too much one way or the other. And it's harder to tell the residents of their own home that leave the backyard uh, versus a commercial account. You're there to service it. You definitely can tell, tell any tenants that they need to move out of the area while you treat the pool and come back in uh, 20 or 30 minutes. And then I'll uh, cover some things. Um, when you get lazy with the pool, whether you're the homeowner or the service tech. Um, it's easy to do. You get tired of doing your pool week to week, and it's easy to get lazy with the pool. So you may notice some algae in the pool, but you don't treat it because you don't feel like brushing it or getting algae aside. Chances are in a few days that will bloom up to a pretty big algae problem. So you want to treat the algae right when you see it. If you notice that your filter pressure is high, 30 PSI on the gauge, but you don't feel like backwashing it or cleaning the filter that week, chances are the following week when you get back to the pool if you service accounts or if you're the homeowner, you'll see that the water quality is really bad and you may even have an algae bloom in there. And also, you know, this happens a lot in the service industry where we have to walk back to our truck. We don't want to walk back to our truck, um, but you have to go back and get what you need to keep the pool in order. You know, if it needs to be shocked, go get your liquid chlorine and come back and shock the pool and treat it for algae. Because basically, you know, the fact that you are not doing it that week means that the following week you're going to have a lot worse consequences. So address the problems right away when you see them, when you're servicing your pool to avoid future worse problems. And I know getting tired and um, being worn out by the pool is very common if you're a homeowner, you're just tired of the grind of it in the summertime. And believe me, us in the industry are really tired also of uh, working out there. Right now in California, it's been um, heat wave after heat wave, and this week has been over 105 degrees, I think, for the last four or five days now in my area. So it does get draining, but you have to do what you have to do. And cutting corners and getting lazy out there uh, with the pool is going to only cause more problems later. So I'll address more on the service industry side in a different podcast here and some more um, tips for your pool route. But I wanted to make this one so that um, I cover the servicing of the pool 
in greater detail and some of the mistakes you can make in that aspect. And I hope you found that helpful, um, whether you do your pool yourself or if you service pools for a living. If you need more resources, my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. I have a book available. I have a printed book available now. And you can order through my website at amazon.com. And I'm excited about the book. It's selling really well. It has a lot of great information in there for you if you're a homeowner or a pool service professional. If you need um, more one-on-one -on -one help in the, from the service industry, um, you're welcome to join my coaching site. And at, whatever, at different levels, at the um, $10 level, you can text me. And at the $20 level, you can text and call me. And you'll also be invited into the group chat. It's pretty extensive with a bunch of pool guys and gals in there. And we post questions and answer each other's problems through this group. And you'll get a discount on your liability insurance as well as a riptide pool vacuum system. And I have several homeowners in there right now that I'm walking through uh, the care of their pool and helping them with details that they can't get anywhere else but by texting me or calling me. So that's a resource I have available also to you if you're a homeowner. So the bottom line is have a routine and stick with it whether you do service or if you're a homeowner. And then just don't be lazy with the pool. And also the proper use of chemicals is critical. You don't want to make any mistakes in your chemical use. So definitely if you have any questions about chemistry use or pool care, you can email me. You can contact me through my website or my YouTube videos. And I'll be happy to answer your questions. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at GetSkimmer.com backslash pool guy again that's get skimmer backslash pool guy skimmer everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app